100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast Mountain Buck Q&A Edition brought to you by Timber Ninja Outdoors. Now, the way this podcast works, it is different than the normal weekly show where I have a guest on and we talk about a whole bunch of variety of topics and conversation and stories. This is very specific on questions that all of you submit and I, I, if I feel like I have some experience with these things or can answer it uh, with some confidence, then uh, I'll do so. And I'm trying to keep these episodes 10 to 20 minutes, kind of short, sweet, and to the point on answering these questions. So if you have any questions that you would like to submit, please send them to my email, bodiesmeetswesthunt.com. In the title, just put Mountain Buck Q&A. And uh, would love to be able to answer them. Now, these podcasts are not going to, after December, uh, I'm going to stop doing these ones for a little while and probably pick them up again closer to next season. But uh, I, even if you have questions, keep sending them in. Uh, I'll keep them in the bank and have them there. And, and even if uh, if I'm able to, to see them during the time, just respond to them via email. But would love to be able to, to get this information out there and help others. But uh, the, the question I have this week is 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 a very a very good one that that I've run into in the past and I know a lot of people run into it and I have some areas that are like this currently. So this one c- comes from Brian out of Pennsylvania. Brian wrote in, "Hey Bo, how do you relate to deer exclusion fences when hunting? In some of my areas I hunt a lot of my favorite cuts have gotten fenced in and I don't know if I'm just wasting my time hunting my traditional areas." Should I find new areas or view the fencing as a barrier that might help pinch deer into certain areas? Any info would be appreciated. So deer exclusion fences are something that became really big. Uh, It seemed like in the 80s and 90s, and they tore a lot of those fences down around 2010 or so. And they brought, they started bringing them back here in the last five years that I've seen in, in particular areas. But I'm going to I'm going to read something about that the the Pennsylvania Game Commission wrote, and I know there are some other states that do this, but 
uh, again, I have experience in PA with these fences, and uh, I would imagine they're pretty similar to whatever other states have these. So the Game Commission has an article uh, about deer fencing, and they uh, their first thing was when and why do they fence? And, and they said to manage state game lands for forest habitat, quality and diversity to meet the many needs of wildlife in Pennsylvania, they have harvesting activities that include timber cutting and everything to help with the habitat and browsing by white-tailed deer is a significant factor in preventing successful forest regeneration of desired tree species and in areas that have higher deer densities or areas that have logging cuts specifically that have shown that deer browsing is is inhibiting the regrowth of some of these desired species of trees or just in general the forest canopy that's when they start using deer exclosure fences and the, it is a it is a management type that essentially if you find one that comes up in your area after a year or two they'll go through and do an assessment to see how that is doing, looking at it, and then typically come back in five years and see if the if that area has regenerated to the its satisfaction. And really, uh, let me see here. Um, but really, they look at it as about a ten year period when they leave those fences, and that's when they achieve successful regeneration where it can't where it won't be uh it won't be impacted from the deer so they basically look at it from how is that doing how how is that cut regenerating that forest before they decide when they're gonna remove it or do that now. One thing that that the the game commission does note is hunters are permitted and even encouraged to hunt within the fenced areas. All fences are constructed with gates to provide hunters access. And now you might think, why would you hunt in that area if there's a fence to keep the deer out? Well, from what I've seen and even what the game commission says here, it doesn't keep all the deer out. There are there's times when people accidentally or purposely leave fences the 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 actual gates open and allows uh, a place for deer to go in or out uh trees fall down on the fences so that they can jump over it and get in and have have browsing available there there are are plenty of reasons there are plenty of ways of how deer can get into these fences and i've found most of the time it has to do with trees falling down on these fences they don't check them regularly uh when they have a bunch of them like that they're they're not going to notice when that happens all the time to go in and and be able to to fix them and also it just takes time to and time and money to be able to do that and now one area that that I hunted a lot in 2019 had fences. I was actually pretty discouraged when I got there in the spring and noticed all these clear cuts that I had found while e-scouting were fenced in. And I was like, man, what a... Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. 
I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. Cyber Scout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code East Meets West to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. You know, what am I going to do? That kind of throws this all off. Everything else is just mature forest. There's not a lot of browse options. Well, I just started walking the perimeter of these fences, and I found, one, there's a really good ring trail around it that made deer walk around that fence. But also, I'd find at least one to two holes in these fences in just about any area, which if you want to talk about a funnel, that is a funnel for, for the deer. Do you know that they're going to, if they're going to go in there to feed or browse or even bed, they can go into those places. And there was an area that I was hunting where there was one that was fenced in out towards this point, And then there was a little saddle in between it about a hundred yard distance. And there's another fence and in between there, it was like a travel corridor for bucks during the rut. And what I was watching was one of the gates was broken and one of the gates to access in there. And these deer would come out from the edge of the point where there was a bunch of oaks, come up, these does would come up, walk through that gate and bed in some thick cover facing the outside. Well, as the wind's blowing out of it towards that downwind side of the saddle there, Bucks would cruise the edge of that fence on the outside and check it. They didn't even need to go in there to check of deer if there were does in there. They could scent check it on that outside. So I was set up near the the gate and then um and the and also that saddle there. And it was it was great as far as being able to see deer and bucks cruising that that downwind side of it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't look at them as a, as a completely a bad thing. Now I don't prefer to have fences in the areas that, that I'm in because it does keep a lot of the deer out. And if there aren't any holes in it, then that that's a problem, especially if the rest of the area is mature forest and there's not as much of browse and you're relying on just mass crop and years where there's not any mass crop, man, that can make that area pretty desolate and and difficult to to hunt so that to, to me i i would just say is it worth hunting is it worth you know checking out something different in my opinion i would definitely check out some other places that don't have those and and have that but i wouldn't throw that area out completely i would just have other backup plans in case the mass crop isn't good uh in case there's not any holes in the fences and and just in general to have other places that, that I wouldn't throw all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. So that's, that's been kind of my experience with them. Uh, but it definitely seems like they're using those a little bit more again, uh, than they had in the past. And I've seen it on game lands. I've seen it on state forests. I've seen it on national forests. I've seen it in, uh, plenty of different places there. And, uh, uh, to be able to do, I'll see if there's anything else that the, the game commission had wrote here. But, uh, if you, if you just search, um, deer exclusion fences, Pennsylvania, and there's a pgc.pa.gov, uh, whole website on there to be able to go through and, and, and look at it. But, um, one of the, 
to, to understand when they do it and, and, and why they do those areas. But I will say if you do see the fences in those areas, that is a trigger that there's typically more deer in that area than other areas that they're not fencing in and they're having problems with, with over browsing. So you can look at that as a, as a positive or a negative, uh, however, however you want to look at it. But, um, really just know that those fences are not something that are going to go away in a short period of time. So if they, they do bother you, or if you're struggling to figure it out what those fences is, you may want to start learning some different areas. Well, I hope that helped you out a little bit and gave a little bit of my experience with hunting some of those, those fenced in areas or those, uh, those deer exclosure fences areas. And, uh, I hope that everybody has a great weekend. And if you like this podcast, I helped you out at all. Really appreciate it. If you share it with friends, family, anybody that you think could benefit from it and giving a rating or review wherever you listen to it, subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube channel if you're watching this. And uh, I really appreciate all of you and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.